Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good day and welcome to Extreme Common Sense with your hosts, Trisden and Ray. We hope to leave some of the social polarization behind and dig into the gray area middle of society and politics. When the far left and the far right hate us, we will have succeeded. Welcome folks. Here we are, Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray, and today our very, very first guest in the history of the show. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the first of many. So we'd like to welcome a friend of mine, Brandon. Hello, Brandon. Hopefully a friend of mine, too, that we literally met 10 minutes ago. (laughs) How about that? Well, thank you. uh, I'm very pleased to be here. Uh, as I most podcasts work, you know, there's lots of things that are being recorded in the background and being worked on until. But I've heard the first episode so far. Really happy with oh, what cool. I've heard. I really think you guys who, are doing who do you think great. Sounded better, me or Tr- No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Brandon. a fair question, right? I think we need <laughs> no, to find out. I am teasing, Brandon. But yeah, I mean, so I I definitely enjoy what you guys are trying to do, and thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate that. Well, and. We appreciate you because really what we're trying to do is just get some dialogue instead of everybody beating each other to death. You know, there's enough of that, man. Mm-hmm. And even the things that I like are getting that way. You know, I was always a fan of CNN, but just everything is so, you know, you, you've got your team. And if you're not on the team, yeah, you know. And the problem is, too, I think, you know, the liberal party sometimes tends to be an enemy of discussion because sometimes you really can be coming from a good place you're trying to have a discussion and find out about people who are different than you or you know maybe a small segment of their life is different than a small segment of your life and then you've asked the wrong thing because you didn't know it was a touchy question right and you're canceled instead of saying explain to the dumb guys explain to us dumb white guys in the middle what you know in a nice way without canceling everything like we should still have the freedom to have a good conversation with people that are different than us. That's how I used to do it. Well, that's that's what we're trying to do, yeah. And I, and I mean, there, this is absolutely not the point of tonight's show, but there is a strong argument that somewhere down the road that, you know, America's new fascists are not necessarily our conservative friends. Some of the far lefties are crazy. But we want to give Brandon a chance to tell us why he's here today. Uh, d- d- does Brandon know why he's here today? No, no. I mean... I have been brought here on the pretext of talking about pronouns, um, and you know, obviously, there's a lot connected to that. And as you know, you were saying earlier, Tristan, I'm not here to speak for all of you know. I guess everybody that that can fall under, because who man, that you want to talk about getting canceled really quick? <laughs> that'll do it fast. But um, I definitely can share my views on it, and just kind of maybe give you all some more information, maybe to kind of help you all. You know, just have more of a dialogue, which I think is very important. Um, I think in politics, there's always been that concept of the third rail. You don't touch that third rail because everyone's going to go nuts. But I think now in just trying to have dialogues, even 
we're out of confusion or ignorance or just wanting to learn more, it's very, it becomes taboo. It becomes just an argument. So yeah, I think it's good to have questions, you know, um, it's good to be curious and, it and, is. you know, that's exactly right. you know, and I think a lot of times we're just right or left. We, we penalize people for just having those general questions right. or the confusion about it. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. I completely agree. Now, um, just for the table here, uh, what would you consider like what you fall under uh, sexually? Uh, so f- sexuality, I consider myself um, identify as a gay man. Uh, as far as my pronouns, which ideally, a lot of times that when it comes to the LGBTQ and so on um, spectrum, a lot of people kind of lump you know, pronouns into that, but ideally everyone has pronouns. And, um, as far as my pronouns, you know, I just identify as a, he or him, you know, which of course would normally fall under cisgender. Um, I was assigned as male at birth. Therefore I identify as, you know, from what I was assigned at birth. So, and I think probably it's safe to say, well, it's not always good to assume it's safe to say that everyone in this room would identify as a cisgender male. Right. Um, so most likely probably everyone in this room's pronouns are he and, you know, him. Okay. And I think one of the things certainly that spawned the conversation, actually, the first request we ever had for a show was to discuss the pronouns from our friend Jessica had messaged and said, you guys should talk about that. Jessica Mm -hmm. from the radio station. From the radio station. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I think as a straight man the pronouns tend to be something that even as an ally, you feel like, and this is probably media driven and probably a feel like thing and probably not the reality. You feel like you're going to get a pronoun wrong and you're going to get canceled and somebody's Mm going to berate you in the middle of the internet. Oh, I identify as a they and not as a she and you misrepresented me and I'm mad. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe there's some truth to that in today's culture. Maybe that's something that people tell you. So you'll, so, I think that there's probably some truth to that. Um, I genuinely think the the general argument for pronouns is, well, not the general argument, but the general starting point of pronouns is, you know, pronouns are kind of baked into language. So, a lot of times, people, you know, would automatically assume, like, based on how you look or how you act, that they could just automatically assign a pronoun to you, which is p- pretty much what most people do. Um, however, the kicker here is that if you are making a mistake, you know, sometimes the most easiest way, which a lot of people, you know, don't know how to approach it, is simply when you are coming into contact with someone new. You could just go, okay, hi, my name is Brandon. I identify as he or him. And that just opens it up to where everybody could share that. Now, obviously, that may be a little bit clunky. People may feel uncomfortable doing that. But when people are making those mistakes, I think when people really get angry about being misgendered, it's because people are most likely – If yeah, there's probably those extreme cases where someone did it you know, out of confusion. But most of the time, there's probably people who are genuinely just doing it to be mean. You, you know? do see that. You yeah. do see – and mm-hmm. that's – You'll certainly see that on uh, political shows. If uh, Amy Klobuchar, I think, when she was running for president, then people would mispronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, or vice president, Kamala Harris. People right. call her Kamala and everything else. And every other name. And it's just right. just to poke the bear. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. I, but there is a difference, right, between people that, you know, if you see somebody that looks like a she-her, mm-hmm. dressed like a lady, uh, you would say ma'am, and then 
more often than not, you'd be correct? Or? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just, okay, so prime, to, to go back to your question about, um, you know, the extreme cases, I don't know all of the parties that are involved, but um, Ben Shapiro, you know, um, our lovely right-wing friend, um, has, you know, said things like, he was in a, a discussion with um, a trans woman, and he kept calling this individual him. To the point to where it got, it became like a confrontational, right. yeah. and that wasn't, you know, you could say, well, that's an extreme, that's that's a crazy trans person, but the thing was, was that he was continuously calling this person a man. He was, he at this point, he was being combative, he was being, you know, threatening towards it. So this person was like, if you do this again, I'm going to punch you. Right. Now, yeah, that's an extreme response, but you know, when someone says, hey, I identify as, you know man or woman, you know, these are my pronouns, please use that. If you've been corrected and you're still just, you're just poking the bear at this point, then, you know, that's going to facilitate some type of response. Yeah, you're, you're, just, the, um, you're just a jackal too at mm-hmm. that point. Have like, you, you're just a jerk. This is off the topic of homosexuality, but it was exactly that. 20 years ago, Brandon wouldn't remember, but you might with your knowledge of sports. Rome is burning when Jim Rome oh, yeah. had Jim Everett, Absolutely. the quarterback of the Rams, and right. Chris Everett was a female tennis player at mm-hmm. the time. And Rome continued to call him Chris, Chris, Chris. And Everett said to him, the quarterback, you say it one more time, I'm coming across the table. And you can YouTube it. He came across the table, man, and dropped Jim Rome. You remember that? Absolutely, was, I remember it, that. It was that. But so, so Brandon, uh, we've gone down the, the pronoun path and the gender issue pretty rapidly in this discussion. Mm -hmm. Let's back up a little bit and just talk about um, the homosexual movement in America and and put it into this context. In 2004, George Bush was re-elected largely because Karl Rove put the uh, anti-same-sex marriage on the docket, Mm -hmm. right? In states like Ohio, and uh, Ohio being the big one, Florida, the swing states, very conservative people turned out to vote against homosexual marriage, mm-hmm. and at the same time, they voted for George Bush. Ten years later, by 2014, gay marriage was legal in all 50 states. So is that something America can take some pride in? I think so. I think that ideally, if you want to go to the very basis of our country, you know, America is not a perfect union, and but our goal should be to become and to be the best democracy and the best, um, you know, um, perfect union that we can be, to strive for that. And, um, you know, just like when um, gay marriage was passed and how everybody was like, oh, well, you know, with gay marriage, you know, what where does the line end? Are we going to start marrying horses now? Right. Are we, right, you know, right. are we going to start sleeping with our cousins right. and everything? And, you heard a lot. You know, yeah. you, you, heard, you heard a lot of that argument, yeah. but now we don't really equate that. You know, right. people say, you know, people As get married. It's never been equated to begin with. It's obvious. Yeah, and I think part of that is probably because, you know, this and and this is probably a a, a huge um, a huge just um, you know just me summarizing and I and and over just oversimplifying, yeah I think but I think a lot of times with you know those who are have conservative mindsets because they don't know anyone in right. that right. and they don't have they it's it's like okay right. to, to get a little off topic. Oh, Reagan, that's our specialty, man. You are right you know, at home here. We're changing the, the name, too. <laughs> <laughs> a little off topic. So, you know, in, during the Reagan administration, um, 
AIDS crisis, AIDS epidemic was rampant, yes, and was. the Reagan administration practically ignored Basically it. Basically ignored it. Yes. Yeah, almost it, didn't admit yeah. it existed. However, there are people and historians who will say that the reason why Reagan actually paid attention to it was because Rock Hudson got AIDS, and Nancy Reagan, yes. who was good friends, that's and of true. course, remember, right. Reagan was an actor that's right. beforehand. That's when he started caring about it, and I think that that argument still goes to a lot of times when people are so anti and they go to that extreme well what if you start marrying horses or whatever it's because they don't know any gay people they don't so i think when you know people are struggling with pronouns or transgender or identity issues it's because they don't know anyone so they can't empathize that they they cannot you know relate to it i i think you could use dick cheney as an example who was a, you know as conservative as they came then his daughter came out and he started to back off mm-hmm. so how old are you i am 35 okay all right. Yeah. You, I would not have guessed that. You look like a 28-year-old dude. So, well, thank you. So, you know, yeah, I appreciate sure, that. Tristan, you know, in the audience, which is like maybe 30 now, huh? What's that? Our audience. wasn't wasn't bad. Maybe 30 people? Uh, no, 40, we're, we're at 42 this morning. Well, all right, all right. 42 downloads. Uh, so I, I'd say Tristan and myself, I don't profess to speak for him, the audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you know, 35 years ago, what year were you born? I was born in 86. Okay, so you came of age when a lot of this was coming about. Mm-hmm. So what was your childhood like? Were you ever teased? All that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, um, and and where did you grow up? I originally was born in um, Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. Um, I lived you know, I lived there for the first few years, and then I moved to southern Virginia, so really close to the border. Of, you know, like I could go walking and get lost in North Carolina. Oh, nice. So um, definitely being— part of the world man. right yeah. and i i love virginia and um you know i it's nice to see how virginia is progressing in some right, ways right. you know when you look at kentucky and you're like come on you can do it too <laughs> um but <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but um uh, you know i as any I, I'm, I'm from i grew up in new jersey i've mm-hmm. thought that a time or two right it's like <laughs> it's like if only if only we could match something up here but for me um you know i as far as growing up, I mean, I was definitely kind of an outlier because my father is from Burma or Myanmar. And that was what it's called now. And my mom was just full on white. And I mean, she was like neon white. She would glow, <laughs> you know, so. That's the whitest um, of white women? Yes. And <laughs> I can say that because I'm mixed. But, um, you know, essentially she um, had a, a very dark child. So that, that and it brought its own issues, you. you know, being the darkest person in the room, darkest person in the family. Um, and then of course being different. Now, without getting into, you know, obviously, um, stereotypes and whatnot, I definitely have mannerisms that probably would fall under, okay, yeah, I, there's something, there's something different about him. Um, so growing up, that was, that was, you know, coming to terms to what that might be mm-hmm. and, you know, how to, how to accept myself. That's definitely, um, you know, was oh, part of that. Trying, man. I it mean, is. Adolescence is brutal enough for, you know, just any kid. Mm-hmm. And then when you factor all that and feel like society's working against you. Right. Right. It's just got to be miserable. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing things on TV like, you know, don't ask, don't tell when right. that was very popular during, right. you know, I believe the Clinton administration. Yeah. Um, and then seeing how it almost seemed like out of nowhere, Bush was like trying to make this his cornerstone. Boy, like he, he was, was, man. You That's know, really and I'm true. speaking of, um, Gee. Old man Bush. Um. Uh. Well. Um. 
Bush before yeah. Obama, I guess I was to say. I, I cannot. I can yeah, never w, keep w, them together. W. w. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't really that big an issue with Bush Senior, but W. Yeah. As I said, Karl Rove ran a, the 2004 campaign mm-hmm. on the homosexuality issue. Now they couldn't come out and say that, yeah. but they made sure it was on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And in Ohio and Florida, people turned out, and that was a razor thin election. People forget. Bush and Kerry was razor thin, but Ohio reelected Bush largely because so many conservatives came out to vote against gay marriage, you know, mm-hmm. the Gay Marriage Act. Yeah. I mean, Rove's a political genius. It worked, but. True. Yeah. Yeah, hate oftentimes wins in uh, elections, certainly in rural yeah. places. Well, and, and to be to be to to give credit where credits due, I've always believed that uh, Republicans or conservatives or the right ha- are very good on messaging. Now their me- their messaging may their, their messaging may not be you know may not you know hold any water, but they they, they can they can grab that. a topic and they can go. And they can put together a five word slogan that's mm-hmm. gonna be you know, and I've Ray and I have discussed this, but Democrats want to put together four paragraphs to tell you how we feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. They can summarize what they want to say in five words mm-hmm. and put it on a hat and people love it. We have not figured that out. Which is really good because as you think about it, um the best analogy I've always heard is when it comes to Democrats, they are like um, they're like that accepting aunt or grandma who's like, you know, like, oh, she accepts her, you know, really um, far out there emo goth lesbian grandchild or niece. And she's like really overcompensating. So she's like really trying to take time and really be explained. Like really trying her best to make sure everybody's included. And you're just like, sometimes you can just say I love you and move on. You don't got to do all this other stuff. That's great. That is very true. Um, so how were your folks? Um, so my father was out of the picture at an early age. Um, my grandparents were old school Southern. Um, your mom's folks? Yeah, my mom's folks. Um, yeah, old school Southern. I mean, like born in, my grandmother was born in, uh, Valdosta, Valdosta, Georgia, as she would always say. And I know I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm queuing that up, but, um, just very, very old, you know, very old school Southern, you know, I mean, unfortunately she thought, um, I mean, she. Unfortunately, my grandparents had that view where they they didn't even condone uh, interracial marriage. Wow. Oh, you know. Wow. So um, that's you, what I was. Now you said that was your grandparents. I was my grandparents. So did they struggle with their daughter's choice as far as that went? They definitely struggled with. Um, I mean, now when I say interracial, I'm sure they probably everybody under the umbrella, but definitely it was. They definitely did not like black mm-hmm. or white you know, interracial marriages. I think I, I remember hearing horror stories growing up that, you know, because I was such a dark child that my, like when I, the, the baby photos, my grandparents were like, are you sure you didn't sleep with a insert whatever wow, there? Wow. So it was hard. I mean, I loved my grandparents, but definitely it's like, Ooh, man. Um, so it does teach you uh, coming from a childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm half Jewish and half uh, Irish. Basically mm-hmm. you seeing People that you know are good people be racist and right. be homophobic. I think oh, it does man, teach a you a point. lot of compassion, mm-hmm. I think. It forces you to, to nuance, to find nuances in people than instead of just being able to say, 
you're just bad. Exactly. That's really interesting. So, did, so you found that as well? I found that because, I mean, some of my best memories are of growing up is like going on car ride. My grandfather was a huge CB radio, um, you know, his nickname was Roadrunner. He loved nice. running the roads, and he loved being on a CB and his truck and stuff like that. And I remember being a little kid riding with my grandfather. I remember being in the kitchen cooking with my grandmother. I have good memories of that, but definitely it's one of those things like it's kind of like that third rail again. You don't touch it right. because it's going to cause an issue. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my mom, my mom seemed to be okay for the most part. It's actually pretty funny. My mom actually pulled me out of the closet herself to to coin a term. Um, I remember, um, cause I think when you're going through your identity, trying to, to understand what you are, I, when I first started, you know, figuring out what I was, I thought, Oh, maybe I'm bi, maybe I'm bisexual. Maybe I'm into men and women. Um, you know, that, I think that would work. And then I realized there and ask you, what age do you start thinking those things? 13 ish, 14? Um, I would say probably around, for me, it was probably junior high, so probably around that age. I would say I would start. I started thinking like maybe, maybe I'm may, there's something different, but I I think maybe I'm this right. instead, and that you know lasted for a little bit, and then I was like, oh okay. So I remember when I um probably around. 18 or so, I moved to Texas. My mom and family had already moved out to Texas. So I followed shortly thereafter. And I remember I was on the, in the car with my mom and she was like, you know, you'll like Texas. It's, it's different, but it's, you know, it's nice. And this is in West Texas. So by nice, I mean, there's no grass, there's no vegetation. It's a desert. I don't know what she thought. But she was like, you know, you'll find someone out here. You'll be very happy, you know, because I was kind of like I was young. I was like, I'm, I'm leaving home for the first time. I didn't want to do that. Um, so being in Texas was like, I want to be here. But she was like, yeah, you're going to love it. You know, you'll find a really nice girl. And then she looked at me or boy. Uh, and uh, that was that, uh, you know. You so cool. I mean, I was in, the, in that sense. I know a lot of people don't have that. Right. So I am happy that, you know, I had someone to accept me because I remember growing up, you know, hearing stories um, from friends who, like, they came out to their parents. They thought they were different. Uh, Even just approaching the topic of thinking they were different, their parents disowned them. Mm, I mean, like, flat out. But that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't seem to be what it was 25 or 30 years ago. I think that... um, I think that it's gotten better. Yeah. I don't think it's improved to where it's like it's not that big of a deal. Um, I have a friend who is a counselor. She tells me she she's focusing a lot in, you know, different types of clients, but a lot of her younger clients, like children, are going through these types of situations That's and funny. and parents. Now I can't speak for everything as a whole. She's seeing people from all parts of Kentucky, but they're, they're, you know, they're being approached and their parents are, you know, taking it very negatively and so but, on. But wouldn't you say, what's the next generation? So I'm a boomer. You guys would be millennials. Gen X. Well, next Gen y. so what's the 15 year olds like Lucas's kids or, or they're not 15 yet, whatever that generation, don't you think millennials? And too? I don't know how many, well, no, millennials are my kids. Yeah. So, so after millennials, we have our, what Gen X, I think. So and then, don't you think that generation is pretty darn accepting? Even leaving aside the parents, yeah. just the people of that generation. I, I think that, to yeah, I, I think from a, I, I, th- I think from a, as we, you know, younger generations definitely are doing better with, you know, yeah. with, you know, the LGBTQ spectrum. But I also think it's a lot of times we're doing better because, you know, of what, what has come before them, you know. 
So I think that helps. I mean, you know, now, like, for example, kids who are are younger than me now are are being raised in a world where, you know, don't, uh, there was no don't ask, don't tell. There was no, you know, marriage equality was always a thing and so on. So, I mean, I think that's definitely going to help. And probably more of them have family members to the point you were making before, Brandon, that they see. A quick funny story, and I'll I'll let Tristan ask because I'm sure he's got some great questions. So my oldest sister who's now 72, um, lived 18 years, 20 years with a man, raised two children. It was a tough marriage, and Kathy divorced, oh, 30 years ago and has been with Mary for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Now, my sister is is so much, uh, seems to me to be so much more content. I hope Mark never hears this. Mark, (laughs) I still love you as an Mm. (laughs) ex-brother. Than she ever was married to Mark. So who am I to tell her right, wrong, or who is that? Right. But my daughter, who's now 30, was, I don't know, 13 or so, and we were driving back from a trip to Jersey. Uh, my wife and son asleep in the back seat, and Brielle and I driving along. And she turns to me, because she's of that age of reason and starting to think, and she says, Dad, and I can't remember if she used the word gay, lesbian, homosexual, but she said, are Aunt Kathy and Aunt Mary, you know, a couple gay? And, and I said, they are. And she said, oh, okay. And that was it. Yeah. She was just cool, and we went along. And mm-hmm. so my kids grew up with Aunt Kathy and Aunt Mary. Yeah. So to the, I think there's more of that, certainly, Which, than there right. was. It's probably not that hard either, which is, I mean, I wish more people would share stories like that because a lot of times that is always the biggest argument of, you know, being inclusive or being accepting is what about the children? How do I tell my, how do I tell my child? And I'm like, it's literally probably going to take you less than a paragraph to get through. And then they're probably not going to think about it again. That's exactly right. You know, that's exactly right. I've got a question for you. Okay. And this is a, I relate everything to myself because I'm mm-hmm. a narcissist. Okay. I struggle with. Can't disagree. No, that's a fair <laughs> point. In Kentucky, I hear the term on occasion, Jew you down. Mm-hmm. As a Jewish person. You've I, never like, heard that from me. <laughs> definitely not. No. Oh, no, but I, I have heard that I, yeah, thing. You, you probably hear it at work on occasion. I grew up with, you know, that phrase and then you hit a point. And now I kind of feel combative depending on the person, like if they know better. If it's a friend, sometimes I'll explain, man, look, it's kind of offensive. It's kind of a shot against mm-hmm. my family. Right. It's, well, sort of there's no kind of to it. No, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Right. There's and no I'm, kind of to yeah. it. Yeah. I've, really, yeah, I've struggled with that <laughs> as I've gotten there's older. There's no kind mm-hmm. of to it. Because, uh, you know, I meet people and I'm like, I know they're a good person and they may just not know. Or, but you know, they, it's just that they've heard it their whole lives. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question to you is, you, I'm sure you still hear people. I mean, oh. you're in, a, in the car business. So I'm right. sure you still hear people that say F word or G word. Just to Oh, yeah. Out. I mean. And, and, and I'm sure they don't mean it in terms of I'm anti-gay people. Mm-hmm. But it still probably stings a little bit. How do you feel and how do you handle that? So. That's a great question. That is a very good question. Um, I think. And this is where. And I I know some people are not going to like this, but this is where I think this is where political correctness and empathy needs to take the forefront. Because a lot of times people say, oh, well, political correctness is just censoring what you say. Mm -hmm. Political correctness came from the mindset of where you you speak correctly you and you speak properly to where you're not insulting someone now you might it's, it's like when i i've 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 got people in my circle and people who will say stuff like that they'll say they'll say that you know that type of expression which when you break that expression down there's nothing positive from it all you're doing is saying this person is literally trying to beat me over the head on cost or money
money, and you're literally equating an entire race to do that. Right. And that there's not there's no fun way you can dress it up. But it is something where while it may not be coming from a malicious place, it does you know it is hurting someone. And I think that ties in very much when the the pronoun argument comes up when someone says, "Hey, I identify as a woman." identify as a man, regardless of your views on it, I have brought it to the forefront and you continue to say, you, you know, misgender and stuff like that, that is hurtful. Um, regardless if it's coming from a malicious place or not. So yeah, when someone is saying something like that, it is coming from a hurtful place because, you know, it's, it's not just a matter of where you woke up one day and said, I am going to embrace my Jewish heritage. You, you yourself have just said you, um, you're half Jewish, you know, it's in your family, it's in your DNA. So for someone to just kind of, you know, throw that out there like that, yeah, it, it can it can be seen as offensive. Well, it's and, funny, you're also in a part of the country where there are not a lot of Jewish people. So those, exactly. Yeah. So those people saying that, yeah. right. Right. And again, I, I feel like it's almost never from a place of, you know, pure hatred. Yeah. Right. But but again, but what do you do if you hear that? Like, do you try to educate? Do you roll your eyes and go on with your um, day? So I say it? I'm probably guilty of letting a lot of stuff slide because when you are a... But you have to pick and choose your battles. You have to pick you and choose yeah, your battles. Time, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you are... When yeah. you're a... I, th I think... Uh, this there's extremes to this, but when you are a marginalized person, you pick and choose your battles, Absolutely. and you also sometimes you just you don't want to have to fight every day. Right. I think a lot of times you know we don't give enough credit in the in the LGBTQ spectrum we or community I should say we don't give enough credit to our transgender brothers and sisters and non-binary folks. We don't give enough credit to these people who, for lack of a better term, they are sticking out. And they have to fight every day. They that so that means they're probably they probably are getting aggressive with every misgender and every you know um, rude rude statement, even if it's not coming from a place of anger or a place of militia. Um, it's still, you know, it's still hurtful. And some of these people are like, that's, I think that's why we see a lot of these extreme cases. It's like, sometimes people don't have nothing but what they identify as. You know, they've been told they're not good enough, they're wrong, they, they're treated poorly by family. So when they have these extreme responses, sometimes it's the only battle they can fight is, hey, you're going to at least respect my name, my race, you know, my pronouns, etc. What is a good way, and again, I think, the whole attempt of this podcast is to mm -hmm. help people find middle ground on, on so many things. And some issues, there's just no common ground. Like yeah. we did, uh, vaccines uh, a couple of weeks ago. We just can't, like, please get vaccinated. Guns and abortion. We, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of middle ground on stuff. But what, if you have anything off the top of your head, what is, what's a good way for somebody that's listening to this podcast that doesn't have a gay friend or isn't exposed, mm -hmm. or at least that they know of? Right. Like, what are there some basic rules of uh, how, you know, what what would you tell a person who's never been friends with a gay person? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I would, my thought would be, look, just treat me like exactly like you would treat everybody else. Right. But is there anything else? Like, is there like, but maybe don't say this, maybe don't do that. Or well, I think for the most part, you know, some people, I, I definitely think our younger generations are very good. And I know a lot of, even myself as older folks will look and go like, okay, enough with the trigger warnings. You're I don't, yeah. you're not old. <laughs> but I, I think that's, you know, a lot of times people, you know, sometimes it's just like, hey, these are the things that these are the, these are the topics we're not going to do. And I think that sometimes comes into play. Like, 
you don't have to. It's okay to be curious. It's okay to have questions. That's fine. Um, but sometimes you just need to set your boundaries, you know. But also for a lot of these people who get like very offended or upset about a gay person or whatever, I, I, I challenge you to go, how is this person's sexuality or what they're deeming to be called or referred to, how is that impacting you? Okay, so I'm going to ask you what I think is an extremely difficult question. I'm going to put mm-hmm. you on the spot, Okay, I, I think. Um, and, and, and I would love to hear, I'm looking forward to your answer. Okay. And again, I'm going to... You know, we're talking here and it gets very personalized. So if people are listening and they get offended, there should be some kind of disclaimer. But right. I have a neighbor, Brandon, who has a license plate that reads one Bible. And this individual's an otherwise fine person. He's been a good neighbor. We're not particularly close. Right. But his license plate reads one Bible. And if he were sitting here, he would. What is your last name? Uh, you don't have to say. We don't, we don't do last names because okay. people could find us on. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so he let's would call say, him Johnson. He would say, sure. He would say, Brandon Johnson, you are because of the life you're leading, condemned to hell. Mm-hmm. So Brandon would answer what? I mean, the thing is, is that when people want, and when I've experienced this in the past, where someone is literally like they want to, they want to hide behind their ideology or their religion or what have you. I don't have any time for you. That's a, that's probably yeah. that's probably the I best mean, way to go. Because you're not going to convince them otherwise. Yeah, that's probably the I best mean, way to go. You know, I would I, I would challenge anyone who if you feel that your religion and as someone who was raised as a Southern Baptist, right. who's someone who identifies as a Christian, who um, you know, I have I think I have a stronger sense of my spirituality than I do as far as organized religion. That's a whole nother topic right. for a whole nother day. <laughs> Um, but for me, yeah, uh, I cannot in good, in good, um, in good faith, no pun intended, believe, <laughs> think that, you know, any powerful over, you know, um, being would believe that it's okay to hate someone because of how they live or things like that. And, you know, if that, and a lot of times when I've met people who automatically do that, it's like, if you pull a first and foremost you're focusing way too much on my you know my sexuality right. whatever but you know if that's if that's your only basis you really weren't trying at all right you weren't you weren't trying you weren't bringing anything to the table to try to be a friend or to you know be a good neighbor at the very bare minimum that's right. so you know i, I think that's great because i've actually said to him um you know, I really don't care what you and your wife do. I don't care what the neighbors, I don't care. You know, it, it makes no difference. A heterosexual couple, homosexual couple, mm-hmm. once you say goodnight and they close the door, who cares? Right. You know, and that's, uh, yes, I think you're right. There's far too much focus on a very slim part of, and trust me, as you get older, it gets slimmer, <laughs> that part of your life. You know? Well, it's, a, it's right. a, you know, I, when when people get offended or get upset or they want to, they want to attach, um, perversion onto someone because they're like oh well this person's gay they're doing gay things well yeah you know (laughs) but but you know hey you're you know you're doing things that i'm sure other people may not agree with you know and and no you know there there's literally but i think a lot of times people will attach that perversion onto it's like the first off it's funny if two consenting adults heterosexual homosexual lesbian that whatever that is you you're you know that's that's normal that's life 
But when people sit there and they try to attach some person, like when, like, for, for example, I don't want no trans person in the bathroom with me. Why? Because they might assault me. Well, with all due respect, you're going into a, ba- a public restroom with maybe 10, 15 other stalls in there. Who's to say 10 or 15 of those other people would not try to do something to you? Well, right. that's it the becomes same. A, it becomes a rapist issue at that point, yeah. not well, a transgender that, issue. Okay, so that's exactly what I've said to people who have said, well, I wouldn't want a gay man uh, you know, teaching my son. Well, why is that? Well, what, okay, so explain this to me. What's different from a gay man teaching your son or a heterosexual woman teaching your son if they both have a feeling, it's only if you act on it. Doesn't make a difference what mm-hmm. your, you know, what your affinity is. If the homosexual man acts on that, then he's got to be fired. If the heterosexual woman mm-hmm. acts on it, what's the difference? Yeah. I, I mean, I've never been able to explain to me in a way that made any sense. Well, you know, um, correct me if That's I'm wrong, but um, gosh, what was her, there were uh, there were I, don't, I forget the name, but like I remember growing up, there was that. T- um, Laterno or whatever Mary that Kidd- oh, Mary, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's like you yeah. know, um, yes. her her being straight and going with that and, and hooking up with that child, right. yeah, they still went after her. Exactly. You know, so so I mean, yeah. you know, I just feel it's, like, if you, it, you know, <laughs> I guess I you know to me. Okay. The biggest thing is that you know when people attach a perversion to it, there is no perversion there, but they attach it, and that's the problem. Okay. The beauty of podcasts is that we don't really have a time frame, and this is very interesting. So mm-hmm. if you've got a few more minutes, we'll keep rolling. Go right ahead. I think we've probably already hit a half an hour, haven't we? Yeah, that's, we're probably right at it. Okay. So, cool. and, and this is, you know, I've spent a couple of days thinking of really great questions for Brandon. And I did all the talking. I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all. We've, we've just <laughs> discussed most of it. But the, the biggest question that I had, and this is um, very important to me. Okay. Is Ray a bear? Oh, good lord! Or would Ray be a cub? <laughs> would not a cub, unfortunately. Okay. Just by that, um, you know, I definitely think I don't that. Give myself away, but off air, I'm going to ask you to ask you to explain these terms. Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I think you can go with bear. You can, move on. You can go with bear. <laughs> move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll call him a bear. Yeah, we'll go with bear. Uh, fair enough. Am I blushing? <laughs> oh boy. I will ask this, like, and what do you feel like? And again, you're, it sounds like going from Alexandria, which was probably a little bit more metro mm-hmm. than, than Richmond. But, right. But how long have you been in Kentucky? I've been in Kentucky for over 10 years now. Okay. So, so what do you think? And again, like, I always gauge everybody being a little bit different on sort of the Kentucky scale. Like, mm-hmm. I think if I was in California, I would probably be very far left wing. Okay. But I find myself middle left because you can't be left wing in Kentucky. No. Like, you're... Everybody and you, you care Tough. about so many good people who are Republicans, like mm-hmm. you can't just hate or be on this far end of the scale. That's so right. it, does, it pulls you to the middle. That's right. So, like, what do you think? Like, does well, our state sort I of couldn't agree more? Yeah, is your experience changed? Like, could you be a would you want to be a different let, person? Let, let me just else? say this before you answer that, though. So, you say if you were in California, you'd be further left because of politics would, would draw you that way, I think is your point, Correct. right? But yeah. if you took your politics from Kentucky, which would be certainly center left, and took them to California, you'd be center right. That would be like me. I probably Jersey. would be center right. You know, yeah. I would be looked at as not quite conservative, but certainly nowhere near the crazy left winger that people here think I am, mm-hmm. right up there or in right. California. And, yeah, and it's so. funny, yeah, because the, the people that just kill me online for being, you know, if I take left side on uh, on a topic. I mean, yeah, if I was having that conversation in uh, in San Francisco where I was born, you know, I would be like, geez, calm down, moderate Republican. Right, you know? right, yeah. right. So I'm sorry. You, you, no, you, that's... Uh, so you say? 
I mean, for me, I would think, you know, obviously where you are, you know, geographically will impact you as far as your your beliefs and thinking. I think it's why, you know, they say like people in bigger cities because they are it's 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 such a highly populous area. There's so many different types of people. People are usually more open. It's why you take a bigot and you put him on a cruise around the world and he meets a lot of different races and people. He might pull back on, you know, some of right. his thinking right. um, racism is travel right or, it, or bigotry. it is i, I, I think pockets everywhere yeah in kentucky is pretty progressive yeah right you know? and then but you go to um you go to corbin right you know i've learned a lot right. about corbin that i mean honestly <laughs> you know birth it ain't just Don't the birth use corbin's last name darling. you know it just <laughs> it's not just the birthplace of chicken it's got some yes, it's it got is. some shady yes, history that could be another show yes, um, yes it is i know exactly what you're referring to right i mean you but don't google it yeah but i i think that you know obviously especially in the south there's there's always been that hatfield and mccoy right um, think way of thinking where it's like it's us versus them you're on a side um, and unfortunately in you know rural states a lot of times that side is blue versus red but I, I mean yeah the question Tristan asked is a great question I never really thought about it that way and I think my recollection of reading Barack Obama's book obviously not about sexuality but being mixed race is he sort of posed that question so maybe I had read it once but forgotten it till you brought it up but when you see people that you love saying or acting in ways that you know you know are wrong how do you deal with that you can't just blow them off a you love them be their family um and and i think that is a great question and that's you know that's the conundrum of the south generally there are wonderful people here just some of the views you Mm -hmm. know are still i i think that 19th century i think that you know obviously exposure and having a dialogue and trying to help people see the other side of things is important. And unfortunately, a lot of the times the onus of that comes to the people who are wanting to be progressive or who are wanting to help pull, you know, that one mindset, that conservative mindset, like, Hey, let's, let's think about this. Let's talk about this. Because a lot of times, a lot of times we don't challenge those ideas. You know, it's like, Oh, when I see a a person with a contradiction bumper sticker running around, I'm like, literally someone else's race has, or I mean, someone else's religion does not impact your right right to believe in Christianity or, you know, having someone who is um, biracial or whatever. I mean, a lot of times it's just a matter of exposure and talking. and But that comes on to us to continue that dialogue. And it sucks because a lot of times we don't want to have to have – we don't want to have to educate other people. We want right. some – I think that like, for example, with with um, like with like the highlights and the – of the heightened, you know, of BLM – a lot of times everybody wants to go to their black friend and be like, well, tell me how bad it is for black people. And black people are like, look, we are not here to educate you. Oh, Read a there, book. There goes that show with Grant we were going to do. Oh. Thanks a lot, Rick. Way to go. No, but you're exactly yeah. right. Well, this in, is in the, the platform, the, though. This I was is just about platform. to say, in the yeah. context of this, it's great. But you don't want to yeah. be doing that because then, the, yeah, that's a whole yeah. other kettle of fish you got to deal and I'm, with. I'm right? probably the most annoying friend because I've spent my life, like, I've always been curious about, uh, like, you know, I, my first college roommate was from Georgia, not the state, but the country. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just fascinating. So it's sort of, like, now every time I want to study everybody that's different than me and learn because... You do learn so much about yourself and other people. Like Absolutely it's, right. It's fascinating. No, so. it, it is. And, and it is difficult 
sometimes for us middle class, middle aged white guys. We need help, man. Be- we, because we need help. Because you know, because even the, at the, the world, at least the world as we know it in America, is pretty much designed for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, my ride wasn't bad. You know, for people that want to gripe about you know reverse racism and homosexuality's rights, homosexual rights, whatever they want to gripe about, I, I always say I'll take my chances as a white guy. Yeah. You know? Well. If I can, if I can just kind of, uh, you know, build upon that, um, to go back to pronouns and LGBTQ and so on, this is these are not new things. A lot of times, people will go, "Oh, well, this is, you know, these pronouns and these different, these third genders and all this other stuff is not real. It's just something that came out of the woodwork. It's not." You know, there has been, you know, documentation of homosexuality, for example, for ages. The indigenous, you know, people of this country, the Navajo, for example, had a third gender. You know, they called them, you know, twin spirits. Um, You know, and a lot, a a lot of indigenous cultures had, um, you know, third, you know, third genders. You know, and they had pronouns to go with it. Um, We did not really see the rise of he and she until the end or the fall of the Victorian era. Uh, You know, because before then there was a lot of, you know, days and other types of writing and other types of, you know, ways that it was expressed. So when a lot of times when people say, oh, well, there's only this or that, there's only he or she, you know, they think it's just something, you know, like it's always been this way. Right. And it's not. Right, right. So we These just, people are trying to change thousands of years yes, of history. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and right. Yeah. yeah. Not near, so the, the, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, I want people to understand that, you know, People want to gender and self-expression identity. It takes time to figure out what that means, um, and a lot of times people come to this on their own, and a lot of times they need help to figure what that is. But this is not something that just came up overnight. I think as we get as we become more of an informed age, there's more technology. People right. can connect with right. more people like themselves. They will learn and understand. You know, wow, it's not just black and white there are other things there and i I challenge that to anyone who thinks like you know like again you said earlier you know in 10 years it seemed like homosexuality was okay you know because and it's not like this is something that happened overnight we're just we're continually moving forward right and a little plug for uncle joe if you remember biden got out front of obama on that you remember how that whole thing worked which you know with the way they're beating him up now they're Never going to give him credit for that. I've got ten more questions, but we are probably too far in now. We're, we're yeah, we're Brandon. We're, we'd love to invite you back in a few. Oh, weeks. sure. You yeah. were wonderful. I enjoyed and as a this. First guest, I think we hit it out of the ballpark. <laughs> well, thank Seriously. you too. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Fantastic. two questions in. Like, uh, yeah, he's, he's obviously very knowledgeable on his own life, but I, I think he would probably translate that to almost any topic. So yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank absolutely. you. It was a yeah. pleasure. Yeah, yeah, we we can talk about anything because yeah, you seem like a pretty knowledgeable guy. And so, so, have you found a suitable partner? Are you happy? Uh, no, I'm <laughs> single. Um, happily single. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm happily single for now. Uh, when you are dating in a small college town and you're not a college kid, oh, that, yeah. that's its own, you know, lovely so choice. Home, Richmond or Bray? Um, Richmond is home. Okay. I, 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 you know, I'm very fortunate to have bought a home in Richmond. I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. Cool. I think probably just from the, for those of you who are familiar with the area, probably I would be more at home in Berea. 
but for whatever reason, I bought my home in Richmond. Yeah. So, you know, close to work. Yeah, I think definitely just from a just from a progressive standpoint, I think Berea has Richmond beat hands oh, down. I, I, absolutely, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you're the you would be the better source on that. You yeah, well, Berea there. has pockets. Like the the weird thing about Berea, it's almost like this really progressive college town that's almost in a Stephen King esque dome. Mm. And then ah. everybody else is very much, you know, not. Oh, yeah. Let's revisit when Berea tried to go wet. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll see what happens there really quick. Yeah. So, and it's been fun to, to have a, a, a little bit of a, you know, to scratch the surface on uh, on gender a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think probably the best answer, I'll just steal it from Brandon, is probably with anything, if you're not super familiar with another human being, maybe just a little kindness and a little bit yeah. of understanding probably goes, goes a long, long way. way. And to the gay community, when I mess up pronouns, try to, to be patient with me Fair. and explain it in a nice way because I'm an old dummy that will take a little time and that probably is, is good for everybody. But, there, you know, know, know the allies and, 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 and wait for us. Drag us along. We'll, we'll get That's there. Right. right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. So yeah, so Brandon, thanks a lot, yeah, Ray. Thank you, man. Of course, thank you guys. It was, a, it was a fun show. This was our longest show. So. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and folks can check us out. We're actually uh, we're on Stoveleg Media now. Stoveleg is promoting uh, the show for us. We would certainly like to thank Mr. Troy Price again yes, for sir. all thank of you, his Troy. help. Every we could not do the show without him in the studio here. He does a phenomenal job for us. You can find us on Facebook. That's Trisden and Ray, Extreme Common Sense. And it's probably just easier to type in Trisden because not that many things will come up. T-R-I-Z-D-O-N. If you want to like the show, tell us how stupid we are and how we're wrong or if there's something you want to hear us talk about, we'll, uh, we'll definitely And we that. may hear some people say, do more guests. <laughs> well, I just personally, I thought it was nice to have a, you know, because we're, we're an echo chamber in here agreeing with each other. It's right. nice to, you know, probably have some different points of view. So, guys, thanks a lot. Thank you. Check us out and uh, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.